We spent the last couple of weeks showing you all the cool interviews and things we saw at the Wild West Hackenfest in South Dakota. And in this episode, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with the final three interviews. That's all coming up on the IT Pro TV podcast, starting right now. Hello and welcome to the IT Pro TV podcast. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, joined as always, or at least as recently, by Don Bissett. Don, how you doing? I am in my chair. That's perfect. <laughs> and uh, and this is our last podcast, not ever, but last podcast talking about the Wild West Hackenfest, at least for 2017. Right. And uh, and I know we've already talked about uh, going again in 2018, which uh, we'll definitely get some even better content from next time. But basically, in the last couple of episodes, we've looked at some of the speakers and the recaps. We've talked to... Um, some of the hands-on lab people. We've talked about some of the really cool tech we saw. And we had some other interviews that really didn't fit into any specific silos there. And we definitely wanted to get them in because they're still really cool stuff. And so that's kind of what this episode is about. So, uh, Don, uh, tell us about the first one that we talked. We had Phil Reno from, uh, what, what is B-Sides? From B-Sides Minneapolis, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the Wild West Hackenfest was a great conference, but it was you know kind of a smaller one. It was designed for a, a family of, of security people. You know, most everybody knew each other, which was nice. Um, but to travel all the way to South Dakota, that's kind of difficult for a lot of people. So the, the B-Sides conferences, they're designed to be a open source conference. Not, not that it, it talks about open source code, but that they, they basically have this framework for how to put the conference on. That part is open source. And so anybody in any city can put on a B-Sides conference. Well, it still takes a lot of work to plan and put on a conference. And so uh, Phil Reno, he's actually the one who puts on the B-Sides security conference that's in uh, Minneapolis or MSP. I, I learned this after the interview, which is Minneapolis, St. Paul. So, <laughs> so, uh, so he puts on that conference, and he actually was the one who really contributed to helping uh, to helping John Strand to, to put on the Wild West Hackenfest. So they, they owed a lot to him, and he came out and had a booth. And so I talked to him a bit. Uh, you know, we talked about some of the previous uh, speakers that they had at Besides Minneapolis, and some of the things they were working on coming in the future. But it was really neat to, to just kind of sit down and talk to somebody who is involved in putting on security conferences like these. Yeah, beautiful city. I've spent some time there um, once when I had a flight that uh, was delayed, <laughs> and so I uh, didn't have a jacket, and it was like eight degrees outside. So it was a beautiful city. Beautiful so it was city. Summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was eight <laughs> degrees. No, not Celsius. No, this is regular Fahrenheit. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and take a look at that interview, and then uh, come back and chat a little bit more about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to IT Pro TV's coverage of Wild West Hackenfest 2017 in Deadwood, South Dakota. I'm Don Pizzette, and we got a chance to swing by the B-Sides booth. Now, I know a lot of you either know or have been to a B-Sides conference before, but for those of you that haven't, I wanted a chance to, to kind of share with you what they are because I think they're a really important part, especially in the, the security community. And I got Phil you know, to, to spare a few moments to tell us a little bit about it, but before I jump into that, Phil, can you introduce yourself to our viewers and, and tell them a little bit about you? Uh, my name's Phil Reno, and uh, I work in the InfoSec community. Uh, I've been involved with B-Sides for about four years. And so you, you've been dealing with B-Sides uh, just Minneapolis or multiple areas? Primarily Minneapolis, yes. And I, I guess I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here because if, if somebody doesn't know about B-Sides, they don't know that there's more than one of them. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about the structure of B-Sides and, and what it's trying to achieve? Yeah, so B-Sides is actually an open source conference format. Um, I believe there's about 250 of them around the world now. And the idea is, is to give uh, uh, regional folks a chance to put together an event under a single banner, under B-Sides. Um, 
and and give regional speakers a chance to speak that maybe wouldn't necessarily get a chance at one of the bigger cons. Yeah, and you know the bigger conferences, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get tickets; they sell out fast. Sometimes it's hard to travel. Sometimes it's just hard to be there. Like at DefCon this year was a nightmare; it was so crowded. Uh, to get a chance to go somewhere local and, and see that is, is really valuable. We're going to be shooting film from B sides Delaware here in a few weeks, uh, and you know B sides Minneapolis. You've got B sides in many cities. Uh, B sides Las Vegas was going on, I think, at the same time as DefCon this year. So you know, just a great chance for people to find local talent because there's a lot of great talent out there that doesn't get to the big show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the speakers you guys have had in the past? Yeah, so uh, actually John Strand was my keynote two years ago, but this year our keynote uh, was, uh, his name's Tim, he comes from a company called Backyard Brains, and what they do is they make little uh, neuroscience experiments using Arduinos um, for people to learn about neuroscience. And one of their experiments is you, you you take a cockroach and you glue a little electronic panel board to, to his back and you hook up some electrodes to its antenna and via a smartphone app you can remote control the cockroach. And just so you know, before this interview, my, they, they kind of gave me that lead in and my, my first question was, and that works? It, <laughs> it does. Apparently does. It does, yeah. You can, you can actually, by giving it a little electrical stimulation, you can make the cockroach turn left or right using the, the smartphone app. Now, uh, as far as B-Sides, if people want to, if they want to attend, I know you, you, you've got a website, you announced it early. Are, are you doing a call for speakers right now, or you reach out to people specifically? We're, we're actually, B-Sides Minneapolis right now, we're still looking for a venue for 2018. Um, part of being an open source format conference, we don't have the money some of the bigger shows have. Um, so sponsorship is always a challenge for us. Um, we are going to probably open up our call for speakers in the next couple of months. Usually around January is when we do it. Excellent. And, you know, this year your conference in, in Minneapolis was in June. Is that you're sticking to those kind of dates? We're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> too, too early to comment. Right. Um, but what is really important, and I know I've stressed this in other interviews before, is that uh, you know a, a good IT pro is always learning. That's something we, we say at the company. But it, it's true in real life that you've always got to be learning. You've got to learn from more than one person. And conferences like these are really critical to that. And so I know the, the, the community and myself, we appreciate you guys putting on conferences like these. Uh, you know, uh, one of the big things that I think I, I want to remind our viewers, it's not just about the speakers is that you have a lot of activities, like the, the Capture the Flag competitions. Can you tell us a, a little bit about the CTF? Yeah, so actually uh, our CTF has been put on in the past by Black Hills InfoSec. Um, we do some of the same labs that we're doing here at uh, the Wild West Hacking Fest. We'll have a hardware hacking village, we'll have lock picking villages, we'll have some wireless challenges. Uh, we're doing a crypto challenge here as part of this event. Uh, we like to bring in those sorts of training and Probably the biggest thing for a B-Sides for us is that training's free for an attendee. We'll put on workshops. We really, really, really want students to come. Um, we, we try pushing into colleges really hard, even into high schools, to get them to come out and learn hands-on how to do some of these things. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about the crypto challenge you guys are putting on. Uh, the crypto challenge, uh, it's a really simple puzzle I threw together in about an hour. <laughs> Um, just so we would have something to do, uh, but yeah, so there's a crypto challenge right now and it's, I would say uh, it's, it's right around stage four or five of the national crypto challenge, for those of you that know what that is. Um, there's a number of people still trying to solve it, so I can't give away too much information. <laughs>
Well, you know, it just shows though how these 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 hands-on activities, even even when they're not like at the highest level of, of challenge, for somebody who's just getting in, even in an easy competition can be really hard for them. But you got to get started somewhere. And right. the nice part here is you have some mentorship. You have people that will help you if you don't know what what to do. And I know we saw that when we looked at the wireless challenge here the other or earlier this afternoon. Uh, that challenges like that are really what moves people forward. So, uh, are you finding as far as like attendance numbers? Are you drawing in more and more people each year? Because I know security is a buzzword for IT professions. Yeah, and, and you know, for us, it's not just about security. We love anybody that's a security enthusiast to show up as well. Um, but I think we've grown probably about 10, 20, 10 to 20% a year over the last four years. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And, and for our viewers, as you, as you do determine more information about like dates and venue and so on, where can they go to find that? Yeah, absolutely. Go to bsidesmsp.org. Uh, we'll typically have it posted there or follow us on Twitter at B-Sides MSP and you'll get uh, notified when that's coming. Yep, and remember, we're talking about B-Sides Minneapolis here. There are many, many B-Sides that are out there. So if Minneapolis is not on your route to work, right, <laughs> be sure to check for another one in your area. It is a great place to get information, a very family-friendly environment, you know, very good place to go and, and learn and get that information. So, All right, thank uh, you. Phil, I really appreciate you spending time with us. Yeah, and thank you. Thanks for stopping by. All right, and for you viewers out there, we thank you guys for watching. Stay tuned because we do have more interviews coming at you from Wild West Hack and Fest 2017. All right, great interview there, and I think it's a great time to mention you're going to a B-Sides event very soon, aren't you? Yeah, uh, actually, I leave here in just a few days for B-Sides Delaware, uh, which uh, Scott and Josh from Redline, some of you will know, uh, they're up there. Josh Marpet is one of the main people that puts on B-Sides Delaware. Uh, you know, just a great conference. If you're there, you know, look for me. I'll be there. But you know, really, in any city, look to see if there's a B-Sides conference in your town. You'd be surprised. They're, they're all over. Yeah, and we'll be gathering some interviews from that as well. So that'll be the next eight or ten podcasts as well, <laughs> depending on how many interviews we get out of that. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll see some of you guys up there. But uh, next we want to uh, – we talked to John McCumber, uh, who is with ISC Squared, someone that uh, we have a lot of training for and, and definitely uh, know a lot about. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, I had a great conversation with John. I was really pleased. And, you know, Funny story is we're at the hotel. We had to stay at a different hotel because we got there late. And we're at this hotel and we're eating breakfast. And I see this guy sitting by himself on the other side of the restaurant. And I'm like, is that Penn from Penn and Teller? <laughs> and, and so, you know, we kind of debated and joked around about it. And then after a while, he, he, I guess he left when I wasn't looking. So I was like, he disappeared. It's obviously <laughs> Penn from Penn and Teller. Yes. Uh, turns out it wasn't. It was John McCumber from ISC Squared, who is just the nicest guy on the planet. And, uh, you know, he was telling us about his position because it's a newly created position. Uh, where he is trying to really improve ISC Square's outreach into the community to go beyond just certifications. It's easy to think of them as, oh, that, that's CISSP. They're the people who make that. But they actually are very active in the security space, and they do a lot of different things. Uh, I'll let John ex explain it. He does a better job than me. But, uh, but it was great to just kind of talk to him and learn about all the stuff that's going on. ISC Squared is changing a lot. They're, they're doing a lot of new initiatives right now, so definitely something you want to keep your eye on if you're going to be active in the security space. Yeah, when I first started watching the interview, I said, well, what's a guy that's been here two weeks going to tell us about ISC Squared? <laughs> but like you said, it's a brand new initiative, um, some brand new goals there. So uh, let's let John kind of uh, tell us about what is coming down the pipe from ISC Squared. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another IT Pro TV interview coming at you from the Wild West Hacking Fest in Deadwood, South Dakota. And, you know, we, we always get a chance to meet great people and learn about new things that are going on in the security world. And there are several organizations that contribute to that. 
One of the big organizations out there is ISC Squared. Most of you are familiar with them, but we had a chance to pull John aside uh, to, to talk to us about ISC Squared and a couple of the initiatives that are going on there. John, thank you for joining us. And, and before we get started, can you introduce yourself to our viewers and, and give us a, a little background on you? Certainly, I'd be happy to do that. My name is John McCumber, and I'm starting my fourth week with ISC Squared. I'm brand new, and in fact, I'm really honored to be the first person to be appointed as a director of cybersecurity advocacy for ISC Squared. And in this role, ISC Squared has recognized the debt we have to the 150,000 members worldwide and how we're going to be able to pay back that debt to provide lifelong learning for the men and women that are integral to what we do. So what I get the privilege and, and honor to do here at ISC Squared is represent these membership, represent their issues. I've been a practitioner as well as an academician in cybersecurity for many years now. And so this is a perfect opportunity for me to really look to give back to our community. You know, I, I, I really think it's neat the way you presented that because when most people hear ISC squared, we think certifications, exactly. right? We think, you know, here's something we need to study for, we need to pass, but ISC squared is about more than that. More, you, know, you mentioned giving back. So what are some examples of things that ISC squared is doing to, to do that, to do that outreach? That's a great question. I, ISC squared has taken some major dramatic changes here recently. Some things that we're trying to do is to make sure that we pay back that membership with giving them lifelong learning and, and career-long educational opportunities. So it's not just getting a CISSP or an SSCP or any of our other certifications, but understanding that we can provide that training and that support group for the organization and for the individual as they go throughout their career. So they get value out of their annual membership dues on an ongoing basis. All right, so now I think it's important that we highlight here that there's, there's obviously certain things that I would need if I was already a CISSP, if I was already in the field and, and doing that work and I need to continually learn and continually have access to information. But if I'm somebody just starting out, there's resources there as well, correct? Absolutely. We have a new associates program we're really excited about. And that allows people without those years of experience to get the exposure to the eight domains that we test on, get experience in there, and understand what they need to learn as they go through their career. Then they have the opportunity, maybe mid-career or something, to look for that CISSP. And then beyond that, have the ability to specialize and grow. The CISSP wasn't to train. It's not meant to train people. It's not meant to be the answer of, you know, if you pass it, you know everything you need to know about cybersecurity. As we all know, this is multidisciplinary. There's a lot of things to know in this field, and there's a lot of directions careers you know, people uh, want to take. We want to make sure we're able to help guide them no matter where they want to take it, where they want to aim for that CISO or chief security officer spot, or they want to be specific in areas of policy, privacy, Internet of Things, industrial control systems, some of the many areas that we want to be relevant in throughout their career. Now, you mentioned policy. I, I know there's a, a lot of things going on right now that are huge security vulnerabilities that people are trying to shore up, a lot of which could probably be solved by government policy. You guys have been interacting not with just the regular people, with the government as well, correct? Absolutely. In fact, uh, earlier this week, I was spent... Uh, but one very long day on Capitol Hill with five different government committees, the Cybersecurity Committee, uh, both majority and minority uh, committees uh, in cybersecurity, the Cybersecurity Caucus, met with Senator Thune. Here we are in South Dakota, and Senator Thune is the senator from there, but also has a cyber caucus. So we met with his staff members, as well as uh, Congressman Langevin from Rhode Island, and had an opportunity to sit down and talk about what we see as recent legislation. What ISC Squares believes that we need to address most urgently 
in government is not necessarily technological vulnerabilities, but how about the human capital campaign? One of the things you hear a lot about is, is the, and we saw it just here at the lunch presentation, about how many open billets and how many people are needed in cybersecurity for the coming years. We don't believe that there's necessarily a lack of people available, or it's not just a salary problem. It's un, unneeded and unnecessary roadblocks for a lot of people. So we address those issues with Congress. We want them to eliminate uh, the prohibition against you know paying for someone's certification or CPE credits. We want them to help encourage people. Plus, with our associates program, we're reaching out to junior colleges, even high schools, to help men and women coming into the field to help get our next generation up and going. And that's where we really feel the future is going to be. For for us at ISC Squared. Now, I think for all of our viewers that are already security professionals who are already in the field, they, they know ISC Squared. Sure. It's an established name. It's been around a, a long time. Uh, we, we were talking a little bit earlier. I mean, longer than the most of us think. That's right. Uh, and, um, Nearly 30 years. Which, for an IT organization, 30 years, that, that's like prehistoric history. <laughs> and so, been around a long time. Um, for people that aren't familiar with the organization though, can you explain a little bit about how membership works? Because it's more than just certification, correct? Absolutely. What we do is, is we have a, a requirement for people to get so many years of experience. For example, five years with the CISSP. We have a code of ethics we expect people to follow. So we are very focused on making this an ethical, uh, technically proficient, educated community, and we want to be part of helping that uh, continue to grow that. Again, we're not the answer to everybody. There's a lot of other training opportunities for people can get an organization organizations like SANS and, and others that provide a lot of value. What we want to do is help provide that broad understanding of this career field and help people specialize and get experience no matter where they want to take their career. And especially now, it's more important than ever to we want to reach out to people and make sure we bring in all kinds of new people into this field, knock down those barriers and give them an opportunity to become experts in cybersecurity. Yeah, and I know for our for our IT Pro TV viewers, you guys have seen content that we've created from people that are also involved in ISC Squared. A lot of our hosts are, uh, some of our hosts are, are authors, uh, like Adam Gordon, who wrote yep. books for ISC Squared, uh, Brian O'Hara also, so several people like that. Uh, it's an organization that, that's been around a long time that it's really neat to see you guys change, and yep. I, I almost want to use that, that word pivot, but it's not really a pivot, because it's, it's always been about security. security. It's just you're getting a little more active in the community that's outreach right. side. And like I say, I'm, I'm privileged to be one of the new practitioners and I want to represent those members uh, I've been privileged to be uh, recognized as a fellow of IFC squared and it's a real honor of my career it's actually been the highlight of my professional career and now to be able to give back to the community represent the practitioners not just people that know and run you know certification boards but people that really know cybersecurity I've had the privilege of having nearly every job you can have in this I've been a consultant I've worked for a vendor I've worked for the DOD I've worked for the National Security Agency the Pentagon and and commercial organizations. And so now to be able to take and build all that experience, provide it back to our membership and use it to represent and, and be an advocate for them is really what uh, what I want to do right now in my career. Now, as far as what's coming up, right? what can we look forward to from ISC Squared in the next few months? Hey, what you can see right away is going to be a new test. So instead of that six-hour death march that, <laughs> that we've had, you're going to have a three-hour exam. The value is we have a brilliant man on staff. His name is uh, Casey Marks, Ph.D., and Dr. Marks is a psychometrician. 
I didn't even know what that was until I met him. And so what that allows us to do is give a test that's dynamic in nature. It monitors as you take the test. If you show weakness in an area, you're going to start getting bombarded with quick questions. If you show that you've mastered some of the other domains, some difficult questions, it'll put less emphasis on them and focus on the others. And it'll also allow you, if it doesn't sense that you're going to pass the exam, it'll tell you right then, kick you out so you don't waste the rest of your day. So there's going to see that right away. You're going to see that uh, happening. We're also uh, building some new training opportunities and others so we can continue to offer lifelong learning for our membership. That is awesome. Yeah. Now for our viewers, if they want to learn more about all the initiatives going on at ISC Squared and, and the certifications and all the other outreach, where, where's the best place for them to go? Well, obviously everybody's going to give you the website, which is iscsquared.org. But honestly, you're going to see a lot of news items coming out in the very near future. We're making really dramatic plans for 2018. They're exciting. I'm excited about it. We haven't announced all of them yet, but I'm going to ask you to please stay tuned. And certainly I'm happy to anybody have questions. You're welcome to reach out to me because I work for you. I honestly, and that's uh, our CEO, David Shear, said to me when I took this job, you're not working for me, you're working for our membership. That is awesome. Now, before we wrap up, do you have any other parting words you want to mention to our viewers? I do. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Obviously, uh, you're in a good position here to get some great information. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't been to Deadwood, South Dakota, you don't know what you're missing. So come out here and say hello to some of us. I have been surprised how beautiful a city it is. And, you know, we're, we're from Florida, so this yeah. is incredibly cold for us, but yeah. it's still very beautiful. Seven degrees was a rough one the other morning for me, too. Yeah. There's this white stuff on the ground out there. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> well, they didn't have a hurricane. <laughs> there is that. All right, pros and cons. All right, well, John, I appreciate you spending time with us. Very kind. And for the viewers out there, I appreciate you guys watching. Stay tuned because we have more coverage coming from, uh, well, the Wild West Hacket Fest here in Deadwood, South Dakota. Stay tuned. All right, great interview there with John. And, and uh, next up, we have, I think, the 15th or 16th person, <laughs> person from Paul Security Weekly who's going to be uh, on an interview with us. So you had to talk to had a chance to talk to Mr. Jeff Mann. Yeah, and you know, that's partly my fault is, um, you know, Paul Security Weekly is up in Rhode Island, and it's really far away for, from Florida, where we are. So I don't get to see a lot of these people in person. I, I see them on the podcast when, when I'm on Paul Security Weekly and stuff. Uh, and so when I had the chance to, to see him in person, it was nice to, to get there and uh, shake their hand and all that. So uh, Jeff Mann, a lot of you guys will know from Paul Security Weekly, uh, but he's also very active in the, the security conference circuit. So he speaks at a number of B-sides and other conferences. He's, he's been around quite a, a bit as a speaker. Uh, and he was speaking at Wild West Hacking Fest. He was giving his The Art of the Jedi Mind Trick talk, which is a, an interesting talk. Um, and he, he was actually not supposed to be there originally. I think he was just going to be an attendee. Uh, but Paul had to back out at the last minute. And so Jeff stepped in and gave a talk, which uh, that's... That, that takes some talent right there to just at the last minute get up and have to, to give a presentation. But he, he got in there and killed it, and I got a chance to interview him and, and talk a little bit about that. And uh, and this is another one where, you know, I, I can't make promises, but we're trying to get Jeff to come down here to the studios in Florida and, and film some content with us. But uh, but even even just seeing his talks at the conferences is really worth it. So definitely, definitely somebody to, to look out for. Yeah, and good timing on that talk. I can see as I look outside there that we're about 45, uh, 44 days away from Star Wars, The Last Jedi. With the ticker going on the whiteboard out here. It hasn't been updated in a couple of days. But uh, so the art of the Jedi mind trick. So let's take a look and see what that what that means. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another IT Pro TV interview right here at the Wild West Hack and Fest 2017. I'm Dom Pizzette. And, you know, one of my favorite things about this conference is that we get to run into a lot of people that we, we already know, right? It's not like we're coming in here blank. Uh, people that we've met either through Black Hills or through Paul Security Weekly. And I had a 
chance to pull in someone who I think most of you guys will recognize, Mr. Jeff Mann. Uh, Jeff, thank you for joining us and taking some time to speak with us. Uh, for our viewers that don't know you, would you mind introducing yourself and kind of telling us a little background about you? Sure. Uh, Mr. Jeff Mann on Twitter, uh, and I'm on Paul's Security Weekly, which I think is where we met originally. Uh, I'm a longtime InfoSec professional going back uh, about 34 years. Uh, cut my teeth in the DoD uh, before computers and the Internet were a thing, really, and I learned the fundamentals of InfoSec back then, uh, but then got into uh, Internet security sort of right at the very beginning. Uh, was part of the first pen testing team that uh, NSA ever fielded, uh, and I have the scars on my back to prove it. Um, went out into the private sector a little over 20 years ago, been a consultant, starting out doing a lot of vulnerability assessments and pen testing. Somewhere along the line I ended up doing PCI, so I was a QSA for 10 years. Uh, got out of that a few years back, went to work for a software vendor as a thought leader evangelist and uh, you know, started doing the speaking circuit. And the guy that hired me said, why don't you go out and you know, just tell stories just because you've been around in a, a long time, <laughs> you know, give your opinions on things. And uh, here I am. You know, some of that, like the older knowledge, it does become obsolete. Like, not many of us are having to secure punch cards these days. But you will find that people do make the same mistakes year after year, decade after decade. And so, you know, even even today, people are still making those same mistakes from before. So that, that's all the more reason for us to be learning, to find out what we need to be doing to protect things and, and to improve. Now, I know you gave a talk today, or your talk was yesterday, wasn't it? And yep. We missed yesterday, unfortunately, but uh, uh, your talk was the art of the Jedi mind trick. So can you tell us a little bit about that talk and, and what you covered? Sure. Uh, the basic premise was, as I started out the last couple of years going to hacker conferences and, and hearing lots of speakers giving lots of talks and, and you know, to, to overgeneralize, I heard a lot of, we're smarter than everybody else. We know the answers. We know what's wrong. And yet I, you know, you know, I'm an old timer. I pick up the newspaper, which is hard to find these days. But you know, find the media reports. Uh, you know, all the latest breaches that are happening. You know, we've just gone through another wave of pretty major companies having some pretty major problems. I I kept having this thought. Uh, you know, if we if we're so smart and we know all the answers, why is you know why are everybody still having problems? Maybe we're the problem. Maybe we're not communicating things well. Maybe we're not getting the message across. And rather than say, well. It's all the, the dumb people that aren't listening to us. Maybe we need to take some time to reflect and introspect and say, well, maybe we could do better to improve. So I reflected back on the 20 years of me being a consultant, having a fair amount of success teaching and educating my customers and helping them be more secure at the end of the day. And I thought, I must be doing things that are that are skills and techniques that hopefully somebody else could learn and try. So I, I came up with this idea of Jedi mind tricks, just kind of talking about some of the things that I've learned over the years of ways to, to read people, read my audience, whether it's one or a thousand, to try to understand where they're coming from, put myself in their shoes, learn to speak their language so that I can take what I know and convey it to them in a way that they can understand. So that was sort of the, the the idea behind the the art of the Jedi mind tricks, which is really um, the art of persuasive speech. You know, most of us, if we're seeing a problem and we're trying to make change, we're really trying to sell somebody on making a decision, 
oftentimes it's to make an investment to buy something whether it's more technology or more people or training for people um, making making better choices and, and, and making better decisions or even understanding that they need to be doing something more and something different and I think it's still relevant today because you know look at the media we still have major problems with companies having major breaches and yet you know we gather in these these little echo chambers like this conference and you know we we talk about we know what's wrong and we know how things are broken and we know how to fix them but we collectively aren't getting that message across yeah, and I think sharing knowledge is a big part of that, and conferences like this certainly lend to it. And you've been you've been making the conference circuit that it, if you weren't here to to see Jeff talk at Wild West Hackfest, you might have seen him at you were at B sides. Which B sides were you at? I've been to quite a few this year. It's been B sides Nashville, B sides Boston. It's probably where we ran into each other. Um, didn't do as many B-sides this year, but I've been to many of them. I've done CypherCon this year, ThoughtCon, NOLACon. Uh, I mentored a speaker, helped somebody else learn how to do public speaking at B-sides Las Vegas. So, yeah, I've been getting around. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it is really important that, that people like you who have uh, just a, a large body of knowledge, right? It, there is no substitute for experience. And so to have someone like you that's willing to share that with the community, that, that's really important. And I, I know I appreciate that you do it. The viewers, the, you know, the other people that are out there, they, they especially do too. Mm -hmm. For people that are, that are in the field mm -hmm. who are working as, you know, maybe their blue team or, or they're defending a network, they're trying to make sure the data stays safe. Uh, what, what advice would you give them to help make sure they're, they're doing what needs to be done? Well, I think there's a couple th different things. I mean, one, there's no end to the learning and the education, the things that we need to know just to be, you know, doing the technology things, the technical solutions within the industry. Um, but there's also uh, uh, a larger picture. You know, I've been going around giving a talk this year talking about the idea of the notion of does DOD level security work in the real world? And when I say DOD level security, I think back to when I started with the DOD some 33, 34 years ago, where the entire mission of the organization, the entire culture of the organization was security. There was rules, there was procedures, it was mostly physical security in those days, there wasn't a whole lot of computing and networking going on, but everybody in the company, in the organization, knew what they were about, knew, understood the principles of security, knew that they needed to follow the rules, knew what the rules were, and they were also quick to point out if somebody else wasn't following the rules. So it, it was everybody was sort of on the same page. And things like that I don't see translated into this modern commercial culture. Too often, and especially within our little hacker community, we, we try to come up with a technical solution or we try to do it bit differently. So for people that are in the business, I say keep learning the stuff that you need to learn in order to do your job, but also try to seek out the you know other ways of learning about the, the bigger picture understanding the business that you're working for or the, the business that your customers involved with and you know it sort of ties back to the Jedi mind tricks if you kind of understand the big picture perhaps you can come up with different ways of communicating what you know in terms of um, the problems that you see and the solutions that you think are out there I've heard it echoed throughout the, the talks even here at, at Wild West Hackenfest um, there was a talk earlier today 
um, where I won't say who it was, but somebody was saying, you know, I've been a pen tester for a long time, and I'm, you know, one of the best, you know, one of the famous pen testers, one of the marquee pen testers, and he was acknowledging, wow, maybe I've been doing it wrong all along because I've been focused in this one area, and so he has taken a step back to try to solve the problem that he sees, and I talked to him afterwards, I said, you're in the right direction, I agree with your premise, I just think you're shooting yourself in the foot by immediately jumping to a technical solution to solve what I believe is a non-technical problem. So look for, look for ways, find curmudgeons and old people like me that, that sort of understand a bigger picture and try to find out ways to learn about the bigger picture to give you more resources, if you will, more opportunities to try to convey not only the technical things that need to go on, but the non-technical procedures process, uh, things that need to go on. I'm convinced at the end of the day that what we need to do that we've never really done well in the commercial world is build a culture of, of security within our organizations, whether it's where we work or whether it's the customers that we're serving. You know, I, I like that you mentioned DOD security because for a lot of organizations out there, if they don't have a, a formal practice in place, that they'll say, well, let, let's emulate the DOD. Let's do what they're doing. But I think there's an assumption with the DOD that you have a limitless supply of trained personnel. <laughs> and yep. in, in the commercial world, you don't have either. Even if you have the personnel, they're probably not fully trained. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned community. Here's a chance to talk to other people that are going through the same pains that you are, find out what's effective for them, right. learn from their mistakes instead of learning from your own. That that's very valuable. Mm -hmm. And you know, conferences like these, they can really, really bring that about. Now, this is the first Wild West Hackenfest. Mm -hmm. You've been to a lot of conferences. What's your opinion so far? What how, how's your experience been? I think they've done a great job uh, for pulling together a, a first-time conference. Now, obviously, the organi organizers are seasoned veterans of the conference world, so I'm sure they went into it with, you know, some pretty good ideas of, uh, you know, what to do and what not to do, and you know, the way it kind of works and the, the way they they can pull it off. They obviously pulled in a few uh, favors, probably by bringing <laughs> in a lot of the speakers that they did to try to, you know, make sure that they were off to a good start. But I was actually thinking about this this morning. You know, why are, I've been to so many conferences this year, and there's so many that I haven't been to, and, and it's like almost every weekend uh, there's another conference. Uh, and I was thinking about why, why do people decide to start a new conference? And I came up with two and a half or three different reasons. One is, which I think is partially true here, is to try to bring um, a conference into an area that's underserved. You know, there's a community here. At my talk yesterday, I asked, you know, how many people are from the area? I didn't define what that was, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, two-thirds of my audience were local. I was like, oh, that's great. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to people that have probably never heard me speak before because maybe they haven't been to other conferences. So, you know, bringing it in, that's one reason. I think, too, it, it, it reminds me almost of... Uh, uh, religion, you know, you, you hear somebody spouting off, you know, their belief system, their theology, in this context it's security, and they say, I, I have a little bit of a different twist, I think I can do it better. So I think sometimes the motivation is, oh, I see what's wrong, I can do it better, I can do it right. And, and the two and a half to, you know, whether that's one or two different motivations, it's it's whether you see somebody else doing it and you think you can do it better or you just want to try to do it on yourself. It's probably just one reason. 
but uh, I think they've done a good job here. I, I think they've got a solid foundation to build from, you know, and, and I'm sure there will be a time of feedback and, you know, I think there's a lot of positive feedback to give and there's always room for growth. I mean, that's sort of the nature of uh, uh, humanity, if not our industry, is there, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for change. There's, there's always more than one way to do things. Uh, one of my points at, in my Jedi Mind Trick talk is, uh, you know, don't treat this thing that we do security as a game, uh, especially when you're in a casino. If you think of games, you always walk away a loser. Um, I like to think of it, uh, you know, I have a cryptanalytic crypt background. I, I like to do puzzles. Puzzles often have more than one solution, but you don't walk away from a puzzle until you've solved it. So games, ultimately you lose. Puzzles, ultimately you solve. All right. Well, I know when, when we walked in this morning, um, probably the, the second person we met was John Strand, mm -hmm. dressed as a uh, rodeo clown. <laughs> and so you were just waiting for some craziness to happen. Right. But it has been a, a phenomenal conference and you know, just great speakers, great information. So we've been really glad to be here. And um, for those of you that, that know Jeff, he has a wealth of information. We've actually been twisting his arm to try and come down to our <laughs> studios to film some content. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and make that happen as soon as we can. As soon as I get off the road from all these conferences. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so otherwise it has been a great conference and, uh, and an excellent talk, by the way. So uh, before we wrap up, do you have any other things you want to impart upon our viewers? Um, well, I, you know, since I have the opportunity, I would encourage people to go out to YouTube. I know my talk from this year has been recorded mostly by Adrian Crenshaw, but probably a half dozen times. I don't know which one's <laughs> the best, but it's called Does DOD Security Work in the Real World? Uh, that's where I, I, my goal with that talk this year was to try to start a conversation of instead of let's trying to reinvent the wheel yet again and, and, and you know, do it my way, but still do it ultimately with that narrow vision. Let's try thinking about how can we do security truly differently, which isn't coming up with anything new, but going back to the old, the way it was done, you know, over the last several hundred years, really. Yeah. Awesome. Well, definitely look for that on YouTube. We'll try and get a link to throw on the video for people to find it easier. We can probably uh, make that happen. <laughs> technology, it's amazing. Yeah, but, uh, but I do thank you for taking the time to speak with us, and I know our viewers appreciate it as well. And for you guys out there, I appreciate you watching our coverage here of Wild West Hackenfest 2017. But for now, signing off for ITPO TV, I've been Don Pazette, and we'll see you next time. All right, another great interview there. And the last one we had from, from the Wild West Hackenfest 2017. And, and like we mentioned, we're definitely going to have some more uh, when we go back this next year because really great conference. Uh, sounded, you know, well, just, just seeing these interviews looks like a, a, a really fun time. Yeah, there, there were a lot of people that I didn't get to because we, we were supposed to be there two days, and because travel got messed up, we were there only one day. So, uh, we were pretty much filming the whole time we were there and, and just ran out of time. So, uh, you know, definitely we'll spend more time there next year. And we'll be at other conferences, too, getting more content that's out there. Uh, but always keep an eye out for us. If you ever see us at a conference, come and talk to us. We, we love to, to hear from the viewers and get suggestions and feedback. You know, look, look for us. But even if you don't get a chance to run into us or go to these conferences, keep watching our content because we'll, we'll help you virtually be there at that conference and get a chance to, to stay up to date with what's new and happening out there in the – not just security, but in the IT world. Yeah, and that said, we're you know we're always looking for new conferences to go to. Uh, we mentioned we're doing the B sides Delaware uh, here very soon. Um, this conference is a brand new one that we just went to, so um, you know we want to be there to see what's new and and uh, also pass that information on to those of you that can't go, as Don said. So uh, if there's something that that you've heard about that sounds interesting, let us know, and we'll uh, definitely see if it's something we can add to the list. But 
for now, like I said, that's going to wrap up four different podcasts worth of content <laughs> from the Wild West Hacking Fest. So fantastic event. Uh, thank you for uh, watching and joining us for all the information. We'll be back, of course, next time with more stuff on whatever's going on in the world today in tech or um, other cool things. Like we said, the, the B-Sides event, we'll have some, some interviews from that. But uh, be sure to check those out as well. And also be sure to like and favorite and subscribe and uh, review the podcast and share it with your friends so that we uh, can help build up this uh, this podcast and get out to more people. But for now, we're going to say goodbye. So for the IT Pro TV podcast, I will see you next time.